welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host. And joining on the show today, we have debut author of Mia and the Lightcasters coming to us from Faber. It's Janelle McCurdy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's absolutely super excited to be here because it's a very rare occasion where I've actually already met the author before chatting to them for their book. We we caught up with a, another Faber event earlier this year and had a sort of an introduction at least break the ice before coming on to do the show so obviously I've met you our lovely listeners have not so let's get to know you Janelle a bit better do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself about your writing journey you know some of the highlights as in from when you started to where you are now yeah so my name is Janelle McCurdy I'm 26 years old and I'm a gamer and an author so I began this journey of officially being an author at the age of 16 and it's been like a whirlwind of a ride (laughs) so it kind of started out with me writing like pretend stories as a kid about me being in the world of my favorite games so like Pokemon, Final Fantasy I would pretend to be on like little adventures with my characters and I'd write little short stories about them and then that grew and grew and grew into me writing actual like stories so I wrote my first full draft novel at 16 and that's when I decided to pursue my dreams so I got a part-time job and then went to like writers workshops like that was one of my highlights going to um writers and artists workshops where I met real life agents and because you know agents like you feel like they're like superhumans like these big scary gatekeepers and then when you actually meet them you're like oh like there's there's normal people like us (laughs) they're lovely and I also got to meet other writers as well which was really nice because being a writer um you can often feel alone in the process and so whilst I had support system like my mum was my biggest support system and my gamer buddies as well actually meeting other writers in the same boat as you was uh, it was like a, a real big turn in like the game so I had loads of rejections on my way up as you do because <laughs> it took me 10 literally 10 years to get to this point and um, I had to break from writing for a year because one rejection was really bad I was like oh I need a break but then when I came back like everything happened like it's amazing like 2020 was like a year of sadness with COVID but yet one of the best years of my life because that's when I got my agent and a book deal like in the space of like a month like it was crazy yeah so that was the big highlight like getting me in the light classes out like I I still can't believe it yeah my mind's blown what's the old adage good things come to those who wait taking 10 years (laughs) and then it just in the space of a month it's just like bing bash literally so I edited the book with my agent for like a month but then literally I should she sent it out because I applied for the um the fab prize so I'd forgotten I'd entered that like ages ago so when I was sending it out with um, my agent to all the editors like Faber like jumped on it and then SNS in the US jumped on it and a few other publishers in like a space of like a week and I was like what's going on like this is crazy and then I got like an amazing deal so it was yeah, it was phenomenal, but it did take 10 years. That was a very long time. It didn't have to be that long, <laughs> but it was worth it. 
Absolutely. But obviously, when you're in the sort of the, the deep sort of dark parts of those 10 years, obviously, it can seem like almost like never going to happen and stuff like that. So I wonder, you said that you started at 16 and there was probably some like gamer fanfic in that sort of that sort of growing process. So from that fanfic, then to Mia, uh, we'll dive into sort of Mia's sort of story and how how her, her story came to light. But do you want to tell for anyone who's unaware of me and the Lightcasters, or for our American authors, it's coming to you guys as Umbra Tales Lightcasters. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what this story is? So me and the Lightcasters is about a girl who lives in a forever night city called Nubis, and her whole city and many others in her kingdom have been plunged into darkness by the evil Reaper King. So years later, his dark minions attack her city and Mia's forced to run away, leave her parents behind, leave her family behind, everyone in her city with just her little brother and her friends to try and reach the city of light in order to save them. And the thing that makes the world so crazy are these magical creatures called the Umbra. And these are shadow beasts created from shadows and stars. So in the book, you don't know if they're good or you don't know if they're bad, but kind of like with Pokemon, you have the ability to tame them. So they become your partners, essentially. So Mia, there's an incident that happens where Mia ends up being terrified of them because prior to that, she wanted to be an Umbra Tamer herself with her little shadow partner sidekick. But then she became terrified of them. And now the only way to save her parents is to tame a shadow beast. So you can see where that's going and how much trouble that ensures for her. But um, it's full of just fun, bravery, adventure, martial arts. It's got cool kids doing martial arts in there. And it's a wild, wild ride. I was going to say, uh, Mia goes nowhere without her bow staff. So uh, yeah. it's, it's a case that actually with the story, it's a very ranging. And I love the fact that you said it was a trilogy there. And we'll explore that later. But in that 10-year journey, like, obviously, this takes a while to develop a, a world this deep it takes a while to find the right character to sort of lead this story when did you actually like come up with the idea for Mia the world the cities Nubris Stella stuff like that like when did this actually come in that sort of 10-year journey is it was it towards the end before you got that agent or was this something that's been bubbling for almost a decade um no so actually it came towards the end of me getting my agent um because I'd written maybe like eight different manuscripts by the time I came across the idea of me and the Lightcasters. So it happens, I wrote the book in a space of maybe about five months, like the first draft of I edited and re-edited it. So yeah, no, it, the idea sparked from, like, I don't know if people know these, they should know these games. So Final Fantasy, Resident Evil 7, um, Pokemon and Tomb Raider and stuff. So I was playing those games during lockdown and that's when I got the idea in my head for me and the Lightcasters. So then I just thought I'd love to have like a girl who just knows martial arts and who has these crazy shadow beasts like that's roaming about. They can kind of tame like cute little Pokemon, but yet dangerous. And I love the idea of, well, I love scary games and the horror films. So of course, like my kids book had to have like a horror element in there because as a kid, like I loved everything scary. I love those old Doctor Who episodes that were so scary, like Empty Child and the Weeping Angels. Like I loved all that as a kid. So I wanted to incorporate that same darkness into my books um, because me and the light class is basically about learning that it's okay to be afraid because you can always push through that fear and you always have your family and friends to support you or somebody that will always help you out so I love that scary aspect in me and the lightcasters but yeah it did die this sprung from gaming yeah now you say it actually I can see 
the sort of uh, the Lara Croftness in that, especially you know the the thing you know the female protagonist at the lead who it's got all the skills, but at the same time you know it's not sort of put out in front. As you say, Mia has to overcome some challenges. So rather than be like this sort of chosen one protagonist, it's it's more of an actual a development in character growth where she sits there, she understands. So oh, she she's traumatized by the Shadow Beast, and then it's yeah. only I have to actually tame an Umbra if we're going to do this. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to get to Stella. More things develop, but I'm not going to spoil like <laughs> what happens. Interesting, though, obviously, you talk about the horror elements, and that definitely comes in the form of the Reaper King in this. I mean, the yeah. sort of portrayal of the Reaper King, the way he twists, like you say, he's plunged most of the kingdom into darkness. The the idea of having a, a solitary protagonist, obviously, these beasts have a sort of, a sort of edge to them, like they could be evil, they could not. Where the Reaper King sort of fills in the gap of the main antagonist, like, was there any development in their character from being this powerful overlord to, like, something maybe more? Because obviously I'm thinking of what I've, I've seen at the end of the book, but for <laughs> everyone else, but for everyone else, it's just a case of, like, I, I've had a couple of conversations with authors this year who have used alternatives to the big bad, but this definitely has a big bad, and he's big yeah. and bad. Well, all I can say is this, like, just remember it's a trilogy and that with this book, I'm trying to think of a right way to word it without spoiling anything. What you see is is not necessarily like there's a reason behind every single character's actions, whether right or wrong. You may think someone is initially bad, but there's a reason for that. So same way you may have like child bullies. They're not just they're not born evil they're not born bad something happened to them it's often a reflection on them as opposed to a child they're bullying it does not excuse their actions at all but there's a reason behind why they act the way they act so with that in mind the reaper king he's big and bad he does terrible things but we might find out a bit more in book two and book three that's all i'll say just yeah each character has a story of their own to tell and a reason behind all of their actions but it does not excuse their actions either there's yeah. just a reason behind it yeah in a world that looks at sort of both shadow and light you know there is neither yeah. one nor the same you're not completely shrouded in shadow and you're never exactly illuminated in light uh look at you miles um, <laughs> exactly 100 like even in the, the whole darkness aspect Mia sees the darkness as a good thing. Like, that's what she's known as how she lives. So when she goes into the light, she may not necessarily think that it's the best thing in the world because all she's ever known is the darkness. And she doesn't see it necessarily as evil or a bad thing because that's how she's been born and raised. She doesn't know what it's like to live in the sunlight. So it's like a twist and turn of what's good and what's bad, what's dark and light. And yeah. You're right, because obviously a lot of time, you know, you're nurtured in your environment. So depending on whatever environment you've grown up in sometimes you'll see like my good isn't always you know bad and stuff like that it's lovely that you're playing on those sort of not tropes but those like those narrative structures so we're looking forward to seeing more more of that and uh, one thing I love to see more of was actually the umbra because obviously later on I think it's about halfway through the book they bump into Lux and Nox and (laughs) they were just it was really interesting because uh, you get to see them on the front cover, but at mm-hmm. the same time, they're not anything like you imagine because I believe my notes here, they're part fox, 
part deer with half like one horn on even so like they have they've almost both animals have like split a pair of horns going like you take the right i'll take the left like (laughs) out of interest of like building creatures because obviously you had to you had to build a creature when you say you're building a monster it's fine you make them as scary as possible when you're building a creature that has to be both light and dark it's it's different because you know you, you create good Normally you get good bubbly creatures that are normally cute and adorable, thinking like Pokemon and stuff. <laughs> and then when you get monsters, they're normally they're normally dark, they're like shadowy, they're full of razor sharp teeth and claws. Where did you find like building the line there? Deer, very tame, very skittish creatures, foxes, sly, mysterious. Mm-hmm. No, there's a there's a very blend there of like I'm interested in how you picked the animals as well. Yeah, so when it comes to picking animals, it's really interesting because I tried to kind of pick polar opposites because like with animals, you have dangerous animals, you have cute animals, um, but they all have their own personalities and and whatnot. So with the Umbra, it was it was about showing them that they're creatures, but with minds of their own. So like they should be treated equally as humans. And that's like a kind of way up that comes about in the book like is it really right to tame the umbra or are they all bad are they all good like what are they and it's like it's hard to ask that's like asking a human are you good or are you bad you can't you can't ask like they're just human like their umbra just umbra so when I was creating the characters of the umbra it was like it was really hard to to think of the good meshes most of the time I just did it based on how cool I thought they would look in my head if I'm honest um, <laughs> but with Lux and Nox in particular I wanted to pick um, in terms of what people's stereotypes were of the animals and then kind of shape them together and because they're twins I swear for the horns being broken apart um, but yeah most of the time I tried to pick animals that are so polar opposite but coming together like they'll be like a, such an interesting creature but yeah most of the time I just want to know what people's opinions will be on what they consider the umbra to be like do they like think they're like polar opposites or do they think that they're just they're just creatures but they they're creatures that deserve respect so it's really like it's yeah it's, it's really hard to explain because like with pets for example I wanted to make it clear in the book that Umbra are not pets like they're not someone they can just drag along or tell what to do and those are really questions and thoughts that Mia has to battle with and understand that these are creatures that deserve your respect not to just what's about or expect to do things for you just because they've been tamed yeah tamed is is very different it doesn't yeah like you say it doesn't mean that they're they're broken or they're they're mm-hmm. under your control effectively it's almost working into a partnership it, it feels yeah. very much like almost in we're using this quite a bit but it's that sort of pokemon or digimon yeah I you think, know about digimon I, I feel i feel it's probably more digimon because pokemon obviously has that whole idea that you catch the Pokemon yeah. and then you, you you train it. Whereas in Digimon, getting super nerdy now, Digimon, there's a lot more of a, a, a relationship. There's a partnership there. Yeah, exactly. And Digimon can speak as well. So that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was drawn as well from Digimon. Like, but most people know Pokemon, so I just say Pokemon. But yeah, Digimon, that's that's my jam. That's my jam. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, it sounds like I've I've passed the geek test though. So that's fantastic. So that's all good there. <laughs> 
we could probably talk for days about this, but I want to give you lovely listeners a chance to go out and actually go and enjoy it. Uh, Mia and the Lightcasters, or for our American audience, Umbra Tales Lightcasters is out now at all good book retailers. So go check it out. Uh, I know you've had some fun, Janelle, going out to actual bookstores and being able to see it, it live yeah. and in person on the shelves. How's yeah, that been? Forbidden Planet. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so happy when I saw it in Forbidden Planet. Forbidden like, Planet. So Yeah, that's like a geek geek heaven over here literally i was over the moon and then the book's out in the 20th of september in the us so i can't wait to um go out there so i'm gonna go out there in september to hopefully see it in the shops and that'll be amazing um but yeah it's it's been an amazing ride like i hope everyone like, loves my book and i hope kids enjoy it and yeah so i hope you guys enjoy it <laughs> absolutely now let's let's address the elephant in the room Right. The T word was mentioned earlier. Trilogy. Oh, yes. So clearly we're getting a lot more Mia and we're getting a lot more in the sort of the world of sort of Nubis and and Stella. uh, Ultimately, do you want to tell us a little bit or if you can tell us anything about plans for the trilogy or what's happening in book two? Just any teasers for when this comes out, if someone's gone out, read Mia and the Lightcaster and it's already itching for the next installment. Well, if you've already read the book, you know there's a little cliffhanger, potential something, something at the end, um, which then drags on into book two. And what I can say for book two so far, because I'm editing it right now, is that there's there's going to be a little heartbreak. Some people's characters may come back, some may leave. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's what there's definitely going to be wild adventure, heartbreak, revelations. And your favourite characters will be there for you to love and enjoy. But it's going to be a wild ride and lots of Umbra. So we'll see how you guys think about that. <laughs> there you go. So I feel like that's a really good point to sort of leave people wanting more. What they say, always leave them wanting more. So uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic, you know, to sort of pick your brains over all of this. We're not going to completely disappear because all our lovely listeners will now know that if we're getting towards the end of the interview, it must be competition time. Yes, lovely listeners, time for the competition. So one of you lovely listeners is going to get your hands on a copy of Mia and the Lightcasters. How do you do that? You head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club. That's all one long, lovely word. There you're going to retweet and like the competition post with the hashtag MiaComp. That's hashtag MiaComp. Now, we mentioned earlier how both sort of Lux and Nox are sort of this mixture of fox and deer, which is a beautiful combination. So we always have a quizzy question and something fun for you guys to do. What I want you to do this week with that Mia Comp hashtag is to tell us if you could take any two animals to create your own Umbra, what two animals are you creating? Simple as that. You are, you're, you're in the creature creator now. So uh, obviously you, <laughs> you've created Umbra. They are your sort of vision of stuff. But if you could take maybe any two, maybe from maybe an umbra we see in the future, maybe one that you just pluck off the top of your head. If you could take any two animals and blend them into a unique umbra, what two animals would you pick? Oh, I already got this down. So it would be a red panda, and then it would have dragon wings because you can have mythical creatures mixed as well. So red panda little face and body with cool dragon wings. Like that would be my umbra in a nutshell. And it'll be uh, like a black shadowy umbra with golden eyes, of course. So that'll be my two. What'll be your two? My two, quite simply, I'm probably going to take a, a cat and then something like, I'd say, like some sort of bird wings of some kind. Because mm-hmm. I kind of want something like happy from fairy tale. 
like because you know you know the umbra can yeah. talk so i'd be like i'd have this cat that's all snappy with comebacks and they can fly around <laughs> that'd be so cute absolutely well, yeah just like happy <laughs> so um that's uh even a further layer of geekness as we dive into anime now so we'll quickly come back out of that so <laughs> there are two creatures created our two umbra what two animals would you blend together to make your own umbra let us know in the comments with the hashtag neocomp and one lucky listener is going to get a copy of this fantastic book how does that sound janelle that sounds fantastic i can't wait to hear what you guys are saying i can't wait to hear what kind of creatures you're gonna make like it's gonna be amazing so make sure to use hashtag neocomp and make sure you follow big kids book club podcast there you're good oh fantastic where you go media trains janelle <laughs> you're, you're on it absolutely yes yeah absolutely that does sound like an amazing competition and this has been an amazing interview but janelle we are now out of time so it's time to say goodbye but i just want to say a big thank you for coming onto the show today thank you so much for having me it's been such a great time i had so much fun thank you so much it's no problem but before you do disappear let's let these lovely listeners know how they can find out more about you and your books do you have some social media or website they can go to yeah, so my website is JanelleMcCurdy.com and then my Twitter is Janelle and it's the letter L McCurdy. And on Instagram, it's Janelle McCurdy with an extra Y on the end. And I have a TikTok as well, I'm trying to get in with the young kids <laughs> and keep up with the trends. Um, that's Janelle McCurdy and that's how you can find me. And then me and the Lightcasters is out already at Waterstones, Amazon, your indie bookshops and yeah, and Forbidden Planet as well. There's signed copies. <laughs> absolutely and of course i think you said earlier it's coming out in september over in the u.s yes 20th of september in the u.s and that'll be barnes and noble amazon and your local indie bookshops out there too so not too much of a wait for our u.s audience so fantastic absolutely brilliant to have you on janelle uh to you lovely listeners we hope you enjoyed the episode don't forget you will be going over to our twitter at big kids book club to enter that amazing competition but also you can find out more about us at our website bigkidsbookclub.com there we have additional reviews previews and over 150 episodes so if you are just wow. finding us yeah if you are just finding us you've got some catching up to do that's all i can say but this is all the time we have for this week. So all I have to do is to tell you to take care, to stay safe, but most importantly, to keep on reading. <laughs>